Good morning. It is time to get up with the Cowboys, who went to Music City last night and beat the Titans. Wasn't the prettiest performance, but what did the win tell us about where Dallas is right now? And that sound you heard from Philadelphia yesterday must have been a sigh of relief. There was a Jalen Hurts sighting at practice. Now, when will he play? And they ended last season as the top dogs in college football. Is there any reason to think Georgia won't defend its title this year? Welcome to Get Up on a Friday. I am Dan Graziano in for Greeny. Look at these guys. Nico is here. Chris Canty is here. Ryan Clark is going to join us. Uh, there he is, Ryan oh, Clark, is. over there in that in that rectangular box. We're going to have David Pollock come talk some college football. Going to be a big show, but we start with the game of the night. It was the Dallas Cowboys on the road in Nashville to face the Titans. There's Dak Prescott warming up before the game. Titans didn't play anybody. Under five minutes to go in the first quarter, no score. Second and goal from the one-yard line. Ezekiel Elliott, easy money. Yeah, he's been resigned to a role of being a short yardage back, and he's thriving right now. Nine straight games with a touchdown. Late second quarter now. Cowboys up 10-0. Oh. First and 10 here in midfield. What happened? Oh, Peyton Henry shot. You can't do that. You can't do that. You got you to gotta protect the football, Dak. That interception wasn't on Dak. This one was, though. 20 seconds to go in a half. Cowboys driving oh. the Titans territory. Yeah. yeah, three turnovers in the first half from Dak Prescott, leading to two Titans scores. Just can't happen in that situation. Yeah, first play of that ensuing Titans possessions. Joshua Dobbs going to connect with Traylon Burke. Burks uh, along the sideline here. Look at what Burks does to stay in bounds. Tippy toe. Look at that. It's like a tightrope back right yeah, there. Yeah, man. Takes it all the way to the 11 yard line. Titans get a field goal off that interception. Going to the half, trailing 10 to 6. Early third quarter, same score. Cowboys facing third and 19 from their own 43. Dak escapes the pocket to buy time. Throws deep to Michael Gallup, incomplete, but. <laughs> You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, Trey, Trey Avery was a sleeper cell last night for the Dallas Cowboys. That just can't happen, a 51-yard penalty. That's where the game changed. That was pass interference, uh, as it's written in the dictionary. Next play, first and goal, Dak to Dalton Schultz for the touchdown. Cowboys extend their lead to 17-6, but Josh Dobbs, man, he, he did all right in the second half. Fires a completion of Robert Woods, crosses the goal line. First career NFL touchdown for Dobbs. Titans cut the deficit to 17-13. But on the ensuing Cowboys drive, third and 10 from the 25, Dak checks it down to T.Y. Hilton, who turns up field and takes it 28 yards into Titans territory. Yeah, that's why they got T.Y. Hilton, a veteran presence at receiver. Three catches resulting in the first downs for T.Y. last night. Two weeks in a row with big plays. Later in the drive, that's Dak to Dalton Schultz again. That puts the Cowboys up 24 to 13. Just over six minutes to go in the game. Titans down 27-13. Dobbs avoids the rush, looking for Woods, but he's picked off. The Cowboys go on to beat the depleted Titans 27-13. Here's Dak on the close win. A road, road win, short week. You, you've got to take them all. And the style points and all that, that's for y'all who think games are won on paper. You go through ups and downs in this league. Uh, that's, that's the beauty of how competitive this league is. So um, this was a game we needed to get, and we got it done. Whether we don't get any style points, uh, that's okay. But we're still, at, we're still at 12 wins. So, so what they're talking about on the style points, the Titans rested a ton of people last night because they figured out the last night's game didn't mean anything to their playoff chances, and next week is all that matters. So Derrick Henry doesn't play. They rest six defensive starters, uh, et cetera. So everybody thought the Cowboys had to blow them out. That's what these guys are talking about in the style points. They've been a little defensive, no? Yeah, a little bit. They seem a little <laughs> bit uh, you know, like, hey, we're going to solve papers for you to talk about. But yeah. at, at the end of the day, I, I think what we really wanted to see was – 
the Cowboys to take care of the football a little mm-hmm. bit better. They, they're reckless in the first half. Yeah, they beat the Tennessee Titans. They're supposed was to Was it be. the Tennessee Titans, though? No, it like- wasn't. It was, it, was, it was a wounded Tennessee team, and it wasn't a fully uh, starting Tennessee team. That didn't, they didn't have their best players out on the football field. So you knew going into this game that the Cowboys were going to win the game. Uh, so, again, I think that what we saw in the first half – fumble and and the two turnovers the two interceptions one not being on deck the second one was on deck it was a it was a bad throw um I I just think you want to see a a complete game from the Cowboys without the turnovers maybe would give me a little bit more confidence going into the playoffs yeah I'm with you Nico I mean this is a time of the season where you want to be playing your best ball you're building to December and January football throughout the entirety of the NFL schedule and so you'd like to see a clean operation when you're going up against a team that you know from a talent standpoint is inferior the Tennessee Titans have 22 players on IR they rested several starters on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball they're on their third starting quarterback yeah this is an opportunity for you to make a statement about the brand of ball you want to play it's not necessarily about the opponent it's about you taking care of your business and when you don't have a clean operation and you get bailed out by the drops by the Tennessee Titans receivers and the 10 penalties for 124 yards that's not exactly how you draw it up in terms of trying to win a game especially on a short week on the road looking at Dak Prescott 14 turnovers in the last nine games that ain't it bro that's not it you're one and three in the playoffs and you had three interceptions in the postseason that's something that we got to continue to watch because that's going to be a I think RC, RC has something yeah. to say here. The Let's Cowboys see. say they don't care about style points. These guys clearly do. Where do you come down on this? Bro, what is wrong with y'all? Like, the, the Dallas Cowboys Just are the questions. quarterbacks of the entire NFL, right? They, 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 they get all this credit when they have a, a, a huge win. And we're like, oh, right. Dallas is going to go to the Super Bowl. And FPI has them number one. And all the analytics lead to a Super Bowl. And then they win a game against a football team that the last time I checked has all NFL players on it. I do get it. It's not the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry and all of these things and all of these people are resting. But you got to go out and win football games and if the Dallas Cowboys start this season and we say at week 16 they're 12 and 4 football team they're a playoff football team they have an opportunity still to fight to win the NFC East we're saying that's a great season but oh they didn't play well in Tennessee and they didn't beat them by enough points and oh now we're going to be all nervous and scared and we're going to say the Cowboys aren't a team that can win the NFC but yes they are the Dallas Cowboys are still a top three team in the entire conference the Dallas Cowboys are a team that played the biggest game of their season in the prime time or in four o'clock on Sunday. Had to get on a plane and go to Tennessee on Thursday. Had to get up for a game where they knew they weren't playing against anybody. All of those things are difficult. We have now become get up stars and we say we forget what it's like to play on Thursday night. We forget what it's like to play an inferior team. We forget what it's like to come off of a week when we had a very tough game, a game we had to be at an emotional high we find a way to win and then we're playing a team that's not even trying to win the game but we still win and then people still get upset with us what the hell's going on guys I get it we're judging them on whether or not this is a team that can win in the playoffs this team can be the Philadelphia this team can be the San Francisco this team can be the Tampa Bay this team can be the Minnesota how do we know because they already beat two of them and they beat the brakes off of one of them in their place Do I think the Dallas Cowboys have flaws? 
absolutely. Am I panicking because they didn't beat this team like the 95-96 Nebraska Tommy Frazier team beat everybody? Hell no. Dallas Cowboys did what they had to do. They took care of business. Now they move on to next week. But, R.C., the conversation ain't about the Dallas Cowboys being able to put it together for one game. The conversation is about the Dallas Cowboys being able to put it together for successive right, exactly. games and get to Against the Super Bowl. Teams. That's what it's all about. And you're saying they're a top three team in the NFC. That ain't what they record say. They not. They don't have a better record than the Eagles. They don't have a better record than the Vikings. They don't have a better record than the 49ers. Right now, as it stands, they're likely going to Yes, they to do. Be. Yes, they do have a better record than the 49ers, Chris Canty. Yes, they do. They do have a better record than the 49ers. They do. Because the 49ers You're loud and wrong. But, all right, but, uh, right. Semantics the 49, aside. The 49ers are going to win their division. The 49ers are going to host a home playoff game. <laughs> That's the whole point. The Dallas Cowboys are going to be the fifth seed at best in the NFC. So they're going on the road. I just wanted to get you fired three, up. They're going on the road for three straight weeks in the playoffs against really good teams. Can they win those yes, games? That's Based on all of the turnovers that we're seeing from Dak Prescott in this offense, I don't think they can. And that's the litmus test. That's the standard that we're going to judge the Dallas Cowboys by. <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh a little bit. RC I do not woke disagree. Up. He was angry. RC was mad. Come yeah. on. It was just ahead Christmas. Let's be I excited here. It's almost a <laughs> new mad. year. But first Look of all, I'm not nervous or scared. Haven't even played this I'm week. not nervous or scared, RC. I ain't, I ain't nervous or scared. But the only, only one way to settle this, we might have to, you know, put a little wager on it. Oh. RC so confident in oh. the Cowboys going into the playoffs. We ain't putting no real hey, money on the Dallas Cowboys. We ain't putting no real money on the Dallas Cowboys. This is not daily wager. We're not talking about that. What are we doing? I want to know. Look, anybody can look at the standings, yeah. and anybody can see that they're 12 and 5. I mean, like, like the, what we do here is, is, what do you see? And I'm looking at the Cowboys two weeks from now, three weeks from now, four weeks from now. What kind of team are they going to be? Dak Prescott is leading the league in interceptions, and he missed five games. How concerned are you that this is RC? That this is not the kind of team that can string together three or four playoff wins? I think I think what you're asking me, can this team string together three or four playoff wins? If we get the Dak Prescott that we saw against the Philadelphia Eagles and even including the pick six, can that quarterback win three games on the road? Hell yes. If we look at what this defense is at its best when Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons are playing at a high level, when that three safety package is playing the way that we've seen them play throughout the year with Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker, and J. Ron Kirst, when we find when, when uh, Leighton Van Der Esch is healthy, when Trayvon Diggs, instead of dropping the pick six, catches the pick six, which we've seen him do 90% of his career. If that team plays at that level, that team can beat anybody in the NFL. I am concerned about the Dak Prescott interceptions, but I'm also smart enough to see where the Dak Prescott interceptions come from. I'm smart enough to see that when the ball hits Noah Brown right in the five and it bounces into Rayshon Jenkins' hands for a pick six to end the game against Jacksonville, that that ain't Dak Prescott. I'm smart enough to see yesterday when a tight end misses the ball three times in a row and it bounces into Kevin Byers' hands, that that's not Dak, Pre Dak Prescott. And so we have to be able to watch the game objectively and understand what some of these things are that are happening to Dak Prescott. As but, a team, well, they need but, to be look, more sound. As a Team, they need to be more disciplined, but this team has everything it needs to win. Now, the question is this. Do I pick them right now if Jalen Hurts is healthy? No, I don't. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I think it's a very close game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. With all that said, you just need that puncher's chance. And right. the Dallas Cowboys, to me, have a top three chance to get to the Super Bowl. 
it's, I understand about the Dak Prescott thing. At 14 interceptions, I, say, I understand it's not all on Dak Prescott, but it is on the Dallas Cowboys, right? Those drop passes are by Dallas Cowboys receivers. The fumble, like these are turnovers that, that the team has an issue with, no? Yeah, there's no question about it. And I, I where, hear R.C. Dolan chapter and verse about all of the interceptions that ain't Dak Prescott's fault, but the interception that he had in the third quarter against the Jags, that was Dak Prescott's fault. That was an overthrow. The interception that, that he had right before the fault. half when he was targeting Dalton Schultz and Kevin Byer comes up with his second pick, that ain't on the receiver. That that's on fault. Dak Prescott. That He's staring down his, that his receivers. That's his fault. Those are the mistakes that Dak has to clean up. You don't have that kind of margin for error when you're playing against the better teams in the league and you're trying to win a championship. And that's what it comes down to. This ain't about is Dak Prescott a good quarterback. He already knows he's a good quarterback. This right. is about can Dak Prescott elevate his team for three consecutive games to get through the NFC and get to the Super Bowl. That's what the conversation is about because he's going to have to be the difference when you're playing against teams like the 49ers, right. when you're playing against teams like the Vikings, and when you're playing against teams like the Eagles. Because when you look at the rest of those rosters, you can't make the argument that the Dallas Cowboys are a better football team. No, and if they're going to make the kind of – and again, we don't have to put it all on Dak Prescott to say the Cowboys have – an issue with turnovers, an issue with penalties, an issue uh, with mistakes. So, obviously, we're going to continue to talk about this uh, as the days and weeks go along and even as this show continues. But when we come back, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. He has won three games in a row, getting the Green Bay Packers right back into the NFC playoff hunt, and Ryan Clark knows why. He is going to tell you. And Georgia's defense of their national – Georgia's defense of their national title faces a big test against Ohio State tomorrow. Who needs to be the top dog for the champs? That answer's ahead. You're watching Get Up. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Station. Back on Get Up, let's play a game of either or. Rob Ninkovich. Who has more passing yards in the Panthers-Bucks game, Sam Darnold or Tom Brady? Uh, I'm going with Tom Brady here. I just feel like that's definitely the homer pick. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, just Sam Darnold. uh, It's really hard for me to choose uh, Sam Darnold over Tom Brady. Just make it that simple. Well, look, Uh, the the Bucks pass the ball all the time. The Carolina Panthers run the ball all the time. There you go. I got it for you. There it is. Thank you. So, I, I do believe that this is a massive game. Uh, for the Bucs, they have to win this match. No question about it. Chris Canty, who has more passing yards in Browns Commanders? Deshaun Watson or Carson Wentz? This is really uncomfortable for me, Graz, because I don't like either quarterback in this matchup, but I'm going to say Carson Wentz. In six starts, Carson Wentz has three games over 300 yards passing. Deshaun Watson has started four games, only one game over 200 yards passing. Watson is going up against the better of the two defenses, so I'm going to side with Carson Wentz. Big game for Washington's playoffs hopes. RC, who has more passing touchdowns in Jets Seahawks, Mike White or Geno Smith? Listen, I'm going with Mike White because much like this torrential downpour that I'm sitting in that's like hurricane force winds in Louisiana right now, that's how the that's how the back end of the defense of the Jets plays with Sauce Gardner and DJ <laughs> Reed also up front putting pressure on the quarterback. And when you can do those things, it's going to be very difficult for Geno Smith, who we saw have a tough time in Kansas City last week as well. Yeah, I, I, we can get you a place indoors to do the show if the weather's a problem, but uh, let us know how that's I mean, going. I mean, I'm, I'm indoors, bro. I'm right, indoors. Good. This Louisiana make sure. goes down like this sometime, guys. You said you were in a downpour, so I, I was just making sure. We're looking out for you here, uh, up here in uh, New York City. From mid-November through mid-December, soccer fans around the world were watching stories from two places. They watched an exciting World Cup play out in Qatar, culminating in a victory for the greatest player of this generation, Lionel Messi. But they were also keeping an eye on a legend from Brazil who was battling cancer. Pelé passed away yesterday in Sao Paulo at the age of 82, losing a battle with colon cancer. Bob Lee remembers the man called simply the king. Brazilians idealized soccer, calling it Jogo Bonito, the beautiful game. Pelé was its supreme artist. So brilliant were his skills, so vibrant his smile. He played in the 1958 World Cup, and his global legend was born. The teenager scored five goals, two of them in the final, to lead Brazil to its first ever world championship. We played Brazil in Rio de Janeiro. Pelé is in front of me. He dropped his shoulder, he ran 10 yards, and he shot, and, and the ball flew into the back of the net. But the most embarrassing thing was that as he was running past me, before he even shot, he said, goal. The ball 
you should treat like your girlfriend, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I say hello, thank you very much for everything. After the 1958 World Cup, rich European clubs bid heavily for the teenage sensation, forcing the president of Brazil to declare him a national treasure. Pelé stayed with Santos as the club rose to unprecedented heights with consecutive wins in the South American club championship, the Copa Libertadores. Pelé was on Brazil's World Cup winning side in 1962, but missed most of the tournament with an injury. But in 1970, as Brazil won their third World Cup in Mexico, Pelé scored four goals, capped by this brilliant header against Italy in the final. Four years later, he retired, but was faced with mounting debts from a series of bad business decisions. There was money to be made in the soccer wilderness of the United States. The New York Cosmos of the new North American Soccer League began a legendary spending spree. In 1975, Pelé signed a three-year contract worth nearly a million dollars per year to play with other global legends such as Franz Beckenbauer and Giorgio Quinalia. We were a tiny little club with three full-time employees, and suddenly, you know, center of the world because Pelé's playing for us. With Pelé as the centerpiece, the Cosmos regularly filled Giant Stadium, and that momentum rippled through the NASL. His final match was a 1977 exhibition, the Cosmos against his old club Santos. Pelé played one half for each team. Pelé with a hard shot into the goal! A shot into the goal! Pelé has scored in his last half for the Cosmos! And this is what today is all about! When the game ended, two goalkeepers lifted him up on our shoulders and we started a victory lap. Say with me, three times, love! Love! And love! He never did say goodbye to his game or his fans. Corporate endorsements carried him around the globe to promote soccer. Pelé continued to touch those too young to have ever seen him play, but knew the stories and images of the Brazilian who captured the world's heart as a teenager and spent a radiant lifetime starring in that affection. We used to say, uh, when's going to be a new Pelé? I say, never. Could it be better, could it be a different one, but no more. <laughs> Tributes poured in from the soccer world yesterday. One of the world's best young players, Francis Kylian Mbappe, tweeted a photo of the two of them saying, the king of football has left us, but his legacy will never be forgotten. R.I.P. King. And from Brazil, that country's most iconic player at the moment, Neymar, who just tied Pelé at the World Cup for the country's all-time leading goal-scoring title, post, posted to Instagram excuse me, a tribute in Portuguese that read in part, I would say that before Pelé, soccer was just a sport. Pelé changed everything. He transformed soccer into art and entertainment. He gave a voice to the poor, to black people, and mainly, he put Brazil on the map. He is gone, but his magic will remain. Pelé was 82 years old.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Back on Get Up. Last night, the Cowboys went on the road to Nashville to face the Tennessee Titans or something that looked like them. Under five minutes to go in the first quarter. No score. Second and goal from the one-yard line. Zeke Elliott into the end zone for a 7-0 Cowboys lead. 20 seconds to go in the first half. Now Cowboys up 10-0, driving in Titans territory. And Dak Prescott's pass is intercepted by Kevin Byard, who returns it to the Dallas 41-yard line. Dak's interception problems continue. Cowboys lead 10-6 at the half. Early third quarter, same score. Cowboys first and goal. Dak's going to roll to his left, find a wide-open Dalton Schultz for the touchdown. That makes it 17-6, Cowboys. Titans looking to respond. Third and six from the Dallas 7. Joshua Dobbs to Robert Woods. He's going to get this across the goal line. Dobbs' first NFL touchdown. Titans cut the deficit to four points. But on the ensuing Cowboys drive, now it's the fourth quarter. Second and seven, Dak to Schultz again, up high. He comes down with the catch. Cowboys go on to win 27-13. Dak had 282 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Look, we've harped on Dak throwing interceptions in bulk, but while he does lead the league in that category, since returning from injury in Week 7, he also leads the league in positive categories like completion percentage, and touchdowns. So it's been an unpredictable Dak this season, but turnovers aside, uh, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. Speaking of really good quarterbacks, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers are hoping to keep their playoff hopes alive as they host the Minnesota Vikings this Sunday. Rodgers was absent from practice earlier in the week, and yesterday on NFL Live, our Adam Schefter talked about his status heading into Sunday's game. After missing practice yesterday, Aaron Rodgers 
was back today despite the fact that he is now nursing a knee injury. The ribs seem to be better at this point in time. The thumb seems to be better, but now he's dealing with the knee. It doesn't seem like it's going to hold him out and prevent him from playing Sunday's game. Aaron Rodgers will continue the Packers' playoff push on Sunday. We're now joined by uh, David Pollock, who uh, went actually seven picks ahead of Aaron Rodgers in the 2005 draft. So uh, Feather and David's cap there uh, and giving him some authority to talk on uh, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers for us. Um, David, let's start with you since, since you're the new guy here on the set today. What do the Packers need to do to beat the Vikings on Sunday? I think that, Dan, that speaks more to the uh, the instability and bad drafting by the Cincinnati Bengals taking me before Aaron Rodgers. But, but I think um, when, 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 you, when you look at this, hey, listen, they're starting to get it. They're starting to get it together. By no means do I, I think the Packers look like they did when they were a wild card team and went on to win the Super Bowl. But you know, Aaron Rodgers banged up again. Obviously, doesn't help. But but I think when you look at the when you look at the pack, the Vikings. This is going to be a close game. So who's going to make plays late? You saw some big playmaking from Aaron Rodgers last week against the Dolphins. You know, made the plays when it really really counted. The Packers staying alive. And I'm, honestly. And I, and I guarantee you, y'all all feel the same way because of content purposes. But I kind of like when you get this Aaron Rodgers. The, the smug Aaron Rodgers is back. You know, you get in the interviews <laughs> yeah. and he's kind of, yeah, like, you know, just playing better, getting a little healthy. You know, everything's starting to to play to play like it's supposed to and end up. So I, I think the Packers are I think the Packers are going to win this week. RC, what do you think about the Packers and how they how they beat the Vikings this week? Well, I think the first thing, we kind of saw the formula last week against the Miami Dolphins. This team was never supposed to be, let's watch Aaron Rodgers win another MVP. This was supposed to be a team that was led by the run game, a team that defense actually dominated, but at least now we're seeing them be opportunistic, and that's the way that this team has won down the stretch. Now, let's be let's be frank. They beat the Bears, they beat the Rams, and then they found a way to beat the Miami Dolphins on the road. This game is going to be tougher, but we understand that it's going to be tough. That I mean, close. That's the way the Minnesota Vikings has played this entire season. It's going to come down to which defense can get a stop. And we saw last week, if it wasn't for Kirk Cousins, if it wasn't for Justin Jefferson, the New York Giants probably beat the Minnesota Vikings in their own stadium. I think when we look at this game against Aaron with Aaron Rodgers and the way that he's been able to make plays in crucial moments his entire career, this defense stepping up, being opportunistic, and Jair Alexander saying after the first meeting of these two teams, I want the matchup with Justin Jefferson. I believe that I'm a good enough player to minimize what he can accomplish well he's going to get his opportunity this week maybe defensive coordinator Joe Barry gives him that assignment and he said early on that what Justin Jefferson did the first time was a fluke well clearly he hasn't watched film of the rest of the season but if they want to win that has to be a focal point of the defense he don't I mean, want that smoke, R.C. You know that. Good <laughs> Lord, nobody wants that smoke. <laughs> I'm glad David said the quiet part out loud. He hasn't watched the rest of this season. He didn't watch last season. Like, I don't know, what is the fluke about Justin Jefferson? What do you think about how the Packers need to win this game? Yeah, I mean, R.C. is right on it. I mean, for Packers and Aaron Rodgers, less is more. And less of Aaron Rodgers and more yep. of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. In games where the Packers have 25 or more rush attempts, they're 7-2. and two. In the games where they don't have 25 rush attempts, they're 0-6. So, I mean, the reality is that that's their formula for success. And the added benefit of going with that approach against this Vikings team is that you get to keep Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins Mm. in that high-flying offense on the sideline. Now, why is that important? 
Well, you're probably going to be dealing with the banged-up Christian Watson with that hip injury. We yeah. don't know if he's going to play or not. He hadn't practiced this week. Right. So your aerial attack and being able to match points with the Vikings, likely not going to happen. And then the other part about that, their defense is not very good against the pass, contrary to what we saw in the fourth quarter against the Minnes- uh, Miami Dolphins. Tool was concussed, and he threw three interceptions on three consecutive drives. But when you look at the Green Bay Packers defense, they're 20th in opponent QBR and 23rds in sacks. So what does that tell you? They make opposing quarterbacks top 10 to 12 players at the position when they play against them. That ain't what you want. You don't want those guys exposed. Run the football. Keep that Vikings offense off the field. But to be fair, they're the Legion of Boom secondary compared to what Minnesota's been running out there uh, on defense most of the year. Kind of what RC and, and Candy are talking about. It's going to come down. It's not so much Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's the Packers defense. Because Dalvin Cook averages 4.6 yards a carry against the Packers. It's just what it is. Yep. So if they want to win this football game, they're going to, they're going to have to stop the run. The Vikings, we know it's going to be a tough, yeah. hard-fought game. And it's going to be physical. So that's what it should be. In division games, you play them mm-hmm. twice. There's going to be some back and forth in this one. But it's going to come down to which is the more physical, tougher team. And if the Packers can stop the run and stop Dalvin Cook, it's going to help their case to win this football Big game. if the way they've played this year. Well, let's put the picks up. Let's see who we're taking in this game. Big we are split down oh. the middle. Oh, that's how we like it. Canty and Nico like the Vikings. R.C. and Pollock like the Packers. Huge, huge NFC North game, especially for <laughs> Green Bay this weekend. To college football, where the playoffs begin tomorrow. The big semifinals at the Peach Bowl with the defending champs Georgia taking on Ohio State. UGA currently a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Caesars Sportsbook. Uh, Bulldogs, no surprise either on the backs of their defense. A unit that ranks second in the nation in scoring uh, defense. They now will look to become the first repeat champions of the playoff era. And last we saw Ohio State, they lost to their rivals, Michigan, by 22 points. The third team ever to make the playoff without making it to their conference title game. The last team to do that was Alabama in 2017, and they won the whole thing. David Pollock staying with us now. Look, David, Georgia's a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. What is the biggest key for them to make sure they handle their business and beat the Buckeyes? Dan, there's one player outside of quarterbacks and skill that will that, that has the potential to dominate the football game, and that's Jalen Carter. Like, he's the number one draft pick next year in the NFL draft that's not a quarterback, and he is huge, six foot three, listed at 300 pounds, but look at the quickness and the ability to get in the face right now. That's what Stroud struggles with. By the way, that's a grown man picking I mean- up another grown man, holding up a one in the air. Hey, Jalen, hey, Marcus Stroud's biggest problem is right there. That man holding the quarterback like a baby in his hand. Please watch this clip. Please watch this. This is a 320-pound grown man he hits. He sits him down like that's my child. That's like that's like an eight-year-old. Look at him. I mean, absolutely destroy the block on fourth and one and knock him in the backfield. And again, quick pressure. You want to double team him? I would too. You saw Hendon Hooker in this Tennessee offense try to block Jalen Carter. It's a problem. He is so dominant in the middle. When you look at Ohio State and you look at their offensive line, I think they're really good at both tackle spots. If you want to get after them, it's the center and the guards, and that man right there is the most dominant force in college football. They're going to have to fix that issue. That was straight up terrifying, uh, that tape on Jalen Carter. I, I want to see the rest of the clip where he picks the quarterback. Like, did he take him home? Like, I, 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 is that guy okay uh, is, is what no, I want he, to know. No, he, he held him up nice and tight. He's good. 
That's good. By the way, I wouldn't be surprised if that guy's the number one pick in the draft, even including the quarterbacks. Uh, we'll see how that uh, turns out. On the other side, how do the, if the Buckeyes can win this, how would it look? Well, listen, when you look at Ohio State, like C.J. Stroud, he is he's the best passer in college football when he knows the answer and he can get the ball out quick. When that back foot hits the ground and he's in rhythm and in timing, he's really, really good. You just got to get a little bit of pressure in his face with Jalen Carter and company to get him off of his spot and make him make those next plays, those second reaction plays. He's not a scrambler. He's a pretty good athlete, but he's not a great scrambler. The matchup out wide, though, Marvin Harrison Jr., I mean, this dude, he's the best receiver in football. They're going to have to check 18. He's big, he's tall, he's fast. He makes contested catches better than anybody in college football. So, Keely Ringo, who we've talked about for years, the hero of the national championship game a year ago, will draw that assignment a lot of the times. How do they stop Marvin Harrison Jr.? Because he is their best playmaker on offense for Ohio State. I want to, before we go, I want to ask you about uh, Ohio State's coach, Ryan Day. 45-5 and five there, obviously a ton of success, but he's lost a couple to Michigan. He hasn't won the big game uh, playoff-wise. We know that NFL teams have been intrigued with him in the past. What do the next couple weeks, uh, and particularly tomorrow, mean for the, the future of Ryan Day? I don't think it impacts Ryan Day at all, Graz, if he plays a competitive game against This is the number one team in the country. Everybody thinks yep. Georgia's the best team. But if this goes out and it's not competitive and he's already been taking heat for losing to Michigan, he lost to Michigan twice in a row, I think it could make, uh, you know, more noise. But Ryan Day, you know, you win 90% of your games. I think you're doing a dang good job in college football. So he's a really, really good football coach. He's a great offensive coach. He fixed his D.C., you know, last year and made that switch and made that change. So, I, listen, I'm not saying Ryan Day is under pressure, but the Buckeyes should not come out after 35 days of stewing on the Michigan game mm. and then planting a flag on the middle of your field and kicking your butt, if they don't come out here and show up, something's wrong because Ohio State doesn't take a back seat to anybody in the country when it comes to talent. Absolutely not. Look, stick with us, David. We're going to need you later in the show on the other semifinal game, that Michigan-TCU game, also tomorrow. Meanwhile, we have two more Bowl Mania matchups for you tonight. Maryland takes on number 23, NC State, at noon Eastern in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Then it's number 21, Notre Dame, and number 19, South Carolina, in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Both those games are on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up, it hasn't exactly been sunshine and rainbows for Mac Jones and the Patriots this season. Is it time for the team to think about a radical change? We will talk about that when we come back. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We are back on Get Up, and we're going to play in or out. Ryan Clark, will the Tampa Bay Buccaneers be in the playoffs or out? No, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be out of the playoffs. When you look at a team like the Carolina Panthers and the way – and what? What did I do? I'm just no, telling no, the did. truth. And the way yeah, that they're going. playing, right? We're talking about a team that can run the football, a team that continue to compete under new coach Steve Wilkes, and a team that's finding ways to win and pressure the quarterback defensively. I think that they are tailor-made to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We watched them blow them out early in the season. This game will be closer, but the Carolina Panthers pull it out and go on to win the NFC South. Chris Canty, will the New York Jets be in or out of the, the playoffs? The Sorry. New York Jets are going to be in, and it's because Mike White is going to be back. And we see this team play with a different energy on both sides of the ball when number five is under center as opposed to Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco. They're going to be in. I think the schedule is breaking right, especially with what's going on with the Miami Dolphins and Tua. The, the New York Jets are going to find a way to be able to get into the postseason, and Mike White is going to give that offense a spark. Rob Ninkovich, former Patriot and resident of Foxborough, Massachusetts. Will the Patriots be in or out of the playoffs? I think they're going to be out, and th- that's just me being real. And when I watched the last game against Cincinnati, the first half of football was some of the worst football that I've seen in a long time. Uh, and it, it's just its really weird, and it's, it's difficult to watch. You go to a home game, and the Patriots is usually a sellout. They had about 20,000 seats that were empty. Just a weird feeling right now in New England. I just don't see them getting it done. Very weird times in New England. Since 2020, which was the first season without Tom Brady, the Patriots have a record of 24-24, and 24, which is below average in the NFL. Sounds like it's exactly average, but we say below average. Defense, no surprise, is not the issue, uh, as they have the second-best scoring defense in the league. But offense is where they've been stuck in the mud. They rank 22nd in both points and yards while using four different quarterbacks over that span. So, Ninko, you're telling me they're not getting in, which, you know, would be the second year in a row, right, mm-hmm. that they didn't get in, and, uh, or second no, out of three, second out of three yeah. since Brady left. Um, what does that mean, like, for the future? That, how, ba- how bad would it have to get in New England for someone different to be coaching the team? I mean, I, I don't see that happening. I don't see Bill moving on by someone else's terms, saying, hey, you are going to not be here as the head coach. I don't see that happening. Um, I do see this offseason having to be a very big moves as far as like what moves are they going to make yeah. offensively? Are they going to have a new, new coordinator? Um, what about the personnel? Looks like they could use a number one receiver. Um, offensive line needs some help. So there are a lot of aspects of this team that they're going to have to figure out what do we do to make this team better. And I do not think that Bill Belichick, not as the head coach, makes this team better at all. So Bill, if he decides to coach for five more years, he's going to be the head coach in New England. I, I, don't, I do not see them making a change with Bill Belichick. Um, I, again, I, I see other things that have to be addressed, offensive coordinator, offensive line, um, protecting your young quarterback and making a decision, is that our guy as as the young quarterback in Mac Jones? Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Nico. If Bill Belichick wants to coach next year, he's going to coach next year in New England. I think it's far more likely that they move on from the quarterback than the organization move on from Bill Belichick. That's interesting. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, if you look at Mac Jones, he hadn't played great this season. And usually by the end of year two, teams know whether or not they have a franchise quarterback. Mac Jones is 32nd 
out of 33 qualified quarterbacks in QBR. So that means he's behind Zach Wilson and Davis Mills and just in front of Baker Mayfield. That's not exactly the territory you want to be in. And then when you look at the potential options that you're going to have in the offseason, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo. some of those seem to make a little sense. This is a team that's ready to win now. This defense is elite. They're second in defensive efficiency. They're second in sacks. They're tops in scores on the defensive side of the ball. They got six touchdowns on defense this year. This is a team that's ready to win. They're a quarterback away from being able to be a contender. So that's – that's what they have to look at, and I think those are some of the decisions that Bill Belichick and that staff are going to have to make. That group of quarterbacks you're talking about, QBR, I was trying to think, like, what's the opposite of Mount Rushmore? Like, that, that four guys. Yeah. That did, whatever, whatever that is. Uh, RC, is Mac Jones the long-term answer for the Patriots at quarterback? You know what? When you watch his play this year, it's an absolute no. And I think we all we have to start being weary when conversations start with, this guy has the highest floor. Because when we're saying that, we're also saying that this guy has an extremely low ceiling, which I think we all believed when Mac Jones came into this to this league. But let's talk about Bill Belichick a little bit. I hate to go backwards, but this is part of Bill Belichick's fault as well. Bill Belichick gave Matt Patricia and Joe Judge the keys to the offense. Bill Belichick said that that was going to be enough for Mac Jones to take the next step, which is for all intents and purposes, Mac Jones was a very good rookie quarterback. Mac Jones was a guy that did the second worst gritty we've ever seen of all time mm-hmm. in the Pro Bowl game. <laughs> so let's not act like Mac Jones doesn't have some requisite skill to be a starter in this league. He was failed by the organization. And so when we say the offensive line needs to be better, absolutely. The running backs need to be better, absolutely. The skill players need to be better. The quarterback needs to be better. So does the head coach. The head coach who goes out and picks the linemen and picks the receivers and picks the quarterbacks and picks the running backs. More importantly, he picked the coaches. And so now we have to start getting back to he had Tom Brady for two decades. How much did he deal with offense? You had Josh McDaniels. How much did Bill Belichick deal with offense? He's run this offense into the ground. And by running it into the ground, we now have to question if Mac Jones is easing the quarterback for the future. And so now you put yourself in position for another transition after Tom Brady and that is not good this team is a descending team under Bill Belichick and he may not walk away and he may not get fired but eventually we're going to have to start questioning is it time for one of those decisions to be made David Pollock we got about 20 seconds well you saw Mac Jones whole college career what do you think what's going on with him in the NFL Thank you, RC, that 10 seconds I get to no, – listen, I, I think when you're shopping for the groceries and you've done such a poor job as Bill Belichick does, maybe they hire a GM for goodness sakes. Not only do they need an OC, they need to make some staff changes, but somebody needs to draft a little bit better. You talk about receivers, you talk about line, you, all these things, they fall at Bill Belichick's feet. That's his job. All right, next time David goes first. When we come back, though, we're going to talk more yeah, my Cowboys. Man. I know David was here. I can't see. Since since his return from a broken thumb, Dak Prescott has fallen into a familiar pattern, and we will tell you why that is and why the Cowboys should be a little bit nervous. 